Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. For me, that, that the candle wand has been a great tool that sits there waving at me from my nightstand and saying, come on, let's have a go. For me, when I look at it, and you know, this is, this is an ancient tool that's been in use for thousands of years. You think I've got to bring a bit of this into my life. It's not a fad, it's, this, is a, this is a gadget that, that works and will not break if I take care of it. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week, I have a very special guest and one that I'm sure many of you will already know. I have the beautiful, and I say beautiful because she's beautiful inside and out, Jasmine Hemsley. She's a three times bestselling author. She's the founder of Hemsley and Hemsley, East by West. She's a TV presenter, a chef, a food and health writer, a restaurateur, and a well-being expert. So I'm sure many of you have read her books, watch her TV shows, been to her restaurants, connected with her on social media before. And she is an absolute expert when it comes to Ayurveda. And that's what we talk about in this week's episode. We delve into her five top tips for glowing healthy skin according to Ayurveda and according to her lifestyle and her experience as well. We talk about the benefits of using a cancer wand. We talk about Jasmine's wellness and routines that she uses herself, her top tips for inner peace and her journey into the wellness industry as well. So before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you about our teacher training course. So we now offer, of course, the face yoga teacher training course, which we have done for about 10 years now, but now we also have a gua sha teacher training course. So I created this with the amazing Katie Brindle from the Hey You Method and also Katie Blake as well. And the three of us connected together to put together this fully certified accreditation to enable you to teach facial gua sha, that gorgeous, gorgeous crystal tool to other people. And of course, you can combine this with your face yoga teacher training, which again is a fully accredited certified course. You can start studying both courses together. You can do one and then the other, whichever works for you. So if you go to face yogaexpert.com slash teacher training. All the information is on there. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Jasmine. Jasmine, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Oh, well, it's an absolute pleasure. And I feel like I've sort of followed your journey for many, many years and sort of delved into different things, your books and your TV shows. And I was really intrigued, actually, when I was doing a little bit more research into all the wonderful things you've done over the years, how you actually got started. So where did it all start? So I know you started in modelling, but how did you get into wellness? Ah, through so many different routes, I guess. I would say that I started modeling around 2021 full time. I had actually started when I was 15, did a bit when I was 19. And then after university, I ended up modeling full time. And it was right about then that I realized, you know, I wasn't eating my mum's home cooking. I wasn't really home cooking very much. And I was starting to feel that kind of exhaustion with, you know, where I've been hitting I've been, um, now I'm going to get my metaphors mixed up, uh, <laughs> burning, burning the candle at both ends, hitting it hard. And I just yeah. didn't feel nourished. I didn't feel like I had the same energy that I had previously. So that was a bit of a light bulb, what's going on moment. I guess from modeling, you, you are always going to be aware of how you appear, but not just how you appear, because when you're on a shoot, you're, everybody's looking at you and, and and your energy and your thoughts are really going to, you know, vibrate out to the people you're working with, but also through the, the camera, through the, through the through the lens. So I became very aware of of turning up to a shoot and, you know, maybe not feeling my best, maybe bringing, I don't know, an issue in that I'd had the night before with someone into that shoot. You know, it was it would be re- readable via your face or via your energy. And then. Likewise, if I hadn't had enough sleep, you know, trying to stay awake and trying to to stay high energy, and everybody's looking at you. So if you're if you're kind of uh, someone else on the shoot, and the attention's not on your face, you can kind of get away with it. But being the model in that situation was a real eye opener to hang on a minute. I have to really take care of myself because how this day pans out really relies on me. So I started, I guess, to read a lot more and delve a lot deeper. And uh, one of the things that kept on coming up for me was Ayurveda, which was a funny thing. I I can't really remember exactly why or when, because I hadn't even really got into the internet then. Maybe I found library books or maybe I spotted something in a magazine, but I really didn't know anybody in my friendship circle that was talking about it. I did, however, start yoga around the same time. And I do remember this incredible serenity and peace of just walking into this yoga studio that I'd signed up for, you know, a a 10 day special at, you know, taking off my shoes and the quiet and everyone sitting there looking very contemplative. And, and I remember thinking, wow, this is a really different feeling. And I feel really safe here and I feel really calm. I feel really grounded. And when I'd leave that class of an evening and go back home, I kind of took that wonderful energy that that wasn't an energy where I was stressing about everything home with me. And so Ayurveda kind of started to, which obviously is the the sister science to yoga, started to come and give me tips and tricks that I would incorporate slowly, very, very slowly. None of this happened like a, you know, nothing kind of went off and into a deep dive at all, mostly because I couldn't understand half the words or ideas that Ayurveda was talking about. But yeah, slowly, slowly, I implemented these these bits and pieces and uh, for the better. So it's been another 20 years on and uh, it's been inspiring me ever since. 
That's amazing. And what a journey you've had. And I know that you've sort of delved into so many areas of wellness. Obviously, you've talked about the Ayurveda and the yogic side of things. But of course, food is a huge part of your life and of your career. And you've really integrated that into what you do massively. What's sort of your favorite area of wellness? What's your go-to? I mean, I know you have a young baby at the moment and life, of course, is very busy, lack of sleep. Do you have a few sort of go-to wellness rituals or routines that you always use personally? Well, one that I have been uh, having words with myself about for the last, I would say, three months is going to bed at nine. (laughs) (laughs) So I have been, and, and I know this works, I really do know this works, and I felt kind of like a little cold ever since Mahi turned six months old and she started teething and her sleep got disrupted, which is affecting my sleep. And I just keep saying to myself, right, tonight, Jazz, go to bed at nine. You know it works. Even if you can't fall asleep straight away, just those precious hours of being deeply asleep between 10 p.m. and uh, and 6 a.m. are just magic. And I talk about it all the time and I have done for years with clients, on talks, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I would lie down with the baby, maybe wiggle away at 8, 8.30 and then get the second wind because suddenly I could do a bit of housework. I could send some emails. I could catch up on things. And then I'd get to bed at about 11, 11.30, 12, baby wakes up again. And, you know, I'm just not getting that, those, those really important hours of sleep at that time, which we now know is, is a circadian rhythm. We know that those hours when the sun goes down are really important to be asleep. But I finally managed it a couple of days ago and I woke up at 5.30 feeling like I'd been on holiday. Uh, and and when, I miss, when I say holiday, I don't mean a clubbing holiday. I mean a restful, rejuvenative holiday. So yeah, I'd say going to bed at nine and if you're like me, maybe even 8.30, if you, if you tend to faff around and potter and make all kinds of excuses of things that need to be done, like folding the laundry, then yeah, head to bed really early and just enjoy those peaceful hours without that stress and strain of getting into bed and then counting, if I sleep right now, I'm going to get one, two, three, four, five, six hours in. Was that the question, Danielle? I love that. And it's so funny you said that because I used to be such a night owl. So prior to having children, so I had my first daughter nine years ago, I used to always go to bed 11.30, midnight. Often I'd be teaching yoga to sort of 9, 9.30 in the evening. So I'd come back and wind down mm. and then instantly had a baby and everything changed. And I was exactly the same as you. At first, I was really resisting that because what I had done for so many years was go to bed later and then I remember saying to my husband we need to go to bed at nine o'clock because I always used to say you never know what the night may bring (laughs) and I think when you have a baby that is exactly you never know are they going to sleep through are they going to be up 10 times in the night but if you go to bed at nine you're always going to get some sleep in because let's face it, babies always like to wake up those hours between sort of one and four, don't they? Those, yes. words, those words are, so at least if you've gone to bed at nine. And actually still, nine years on, I try to still stay to that routine because my girls still wake up early, even they sleep through the night, you know, often six o'clock, they're up for the day. And if I've gone to bed somewhere now, usually between nine and 10, I feel so much better in the morning. And it's so tempting to have that sort of nine to 11 time for you 
you because like you say you suddenly feel like oh my goodness I can do everything I can conquer the world in this time (laughs) but actually it is so so important so honestly I think that that is one of the best if not the best wellness technique you can do particularly as a new mum so Uh, I love that answer And, and, (laughs) and it really helps I found it very helpful when I was you know first talking about it pre-baby it really answered people's midnight munchy prayers you know mm-hmm. why do I get that second wind why do I do this and that and it's because you're entering the pitta time of day the doing time of day the achieving the getting stuff done time of day so if you're not wound down and in bed by 10 then you kind of go into that oh I'm a bit hungry I'm a bit peckish oh I could write some emails and before you know it that second wind really really does kick in so and and also I think by going to bed at nine, even if we don't sleep until 10, 10, 30, 11, it affords you that wind down. And I think the wind down really is necessary for quality sleep for most of us, for many of us. You know, I that's agree. a time of processing. If you don't have a meditation practice, it's a time to really dump the accumulated stresses and other people's energies and, you know, all the things that we've taken on in the day, we can really just kind of wash them off, if you like while we're cleaning our faces, while we're making our bed nice and snug, while we're, I don't know, even picking out the window to see if we can see the moon, you know, all these little kind of touch points help us, our body to understand that it's time to, to, to go to, into our deep zines. It really is. And talking of cleaning our faces, you so kindly sent me your beautiful cancer one and your beautiful comb as well. So I guess that you would use those in the evening as well, particularly the cancer wand. It's a wonderful way to just wind down. Obviously, it's helping the skin, but we're working on those mama points, which are really yes. going to help our sleep as well. Tell me a little bit more about those products. When, when did you launch those? So those have just been launched in the last uh, week or so. Oh, congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. It's been something I've wanted to do for a long time. Something I thought about doing, well, really started getting into about a year ago, thinking about launching them because when I put out my tongue tingler, so my tongue cleaner or tongue scraper, it really was such an easy way to get people to be interested in Ayurveda. You know, it it's fits the bill. It does what it says on the tin. It brings you the promise, which is to clean your tongue. And, you know, many, many people of us, many, many of us are concerned about fresh breath, oral hygiene. We're starting to understand the link between the microbiome of our mouth and the microbiome of our gut. Mm -hmm. And because it was something that you bought once, didn't need anything fancy, couldn't really break unless you squished it in half. And it was affordable. And it takes just 10 seconds in the morning to clean your tongue. And people have loved it. And it's something that, you know, my partner and I, we were introduced by my meditation teacher a good 11, 12 years ago. And we've done it every day religiously since. And then when I came across the cancer ones, there's two stories. There's the cancer one and the neem comb story. But the the cancer one, I'd had marma therapy a couple of times in um, India. And it was beautiful one of the most grounding experiences I've ever had and it's so subtle Mm. and I think that's what really that's what really kind of messes with your head we know when when I'm the person that when I go to get my hair cut I want I want it visibly cut when I go to have a, a massage I want I want to feel the pain you know if I go to exercise I want to feel the pain I, I want results I, guess. I want results yeah. <laughs> so suddenly having this marma therapy which is you know um, a practitioner working on those energy points on your body and just 
barely touching or just hovering their finger or just putting a slight amount of pressure and moving in a clockwise circle. You know, you had to kind of tune in and then suddenly you're on this, ah, in a space that you just don't get to be in very often in a busy, fast-paced world. And so when I found out about the cancer ones, I, well, immediately, I think intuitively for me, I knew this was going to be a great massage tool, the domed shape, you know, the coolness of the, of the cancer, which is um, Sanskrit for bronze, and that's the metal on top. And then the way it t- takes on the heat, I already know that copper, which is a, a major component of bronze, is, is naturally antibacterial. And as soon as you use that with a face oil and get into the grooves of your neck or even your body, I find around my hips as well, or even the, in the palm of my hands, wow, such a great massage. And then I take it more to kind of mama therapy, so self-mama, where I work on the mama points of the body, or I just intuitively go softly and gently on the body because, you know, we have 107 mama points on our face, head, neck, and body. So we're going to hit one at some point. And this, for me, was another tool that I could say, I could see on my bedside table and write and say, right, three minutes, I'll do that. And I never regret it. Love that. Never regret it. I think that's an amazing way to say it. And also the fact that you said do it quite intuitively, because I think that's a wonderful thing about a cancer one. As soon as you hold it, you know, just think, where do I need this in this moment? And I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast, they use a lot of the acupressure points or the marma points on the face already. So actually you can just very intuitively go to those marma points and massage the dome in those areas. But I love that you're also talking about using on areas of such as the hips I've never used my cancer one on the hip area so I'm going to do that tonight with your cancer one and also do you do soles of the feet as well oh yes soles of the feet soles of the feet and then running down your t-bands I don't know Mm -hmm. what the long word is for that I can never remember in our back of my neck the lower shoulders that's the that's the area with you know tech neck I always get issues there especially now with holding the baby um, and using you know not not standing properly and for me it's just it gives feedback just like the tongue scraper gives me feedback of oh my tongue's looking a little bit redder than usual or a little bit puffy or I can see the teeth marks or it's or I can really see that the the surface of the tongue is very um, aggravated the same with the cancer ones you know Um, there are days when I use it on my forehead and it's so crunchy Mm. it's so crunchy Daniel I'm thinking what on earth is under my skin (laughs) um and times you know just even under the eyebrows the the pain sometimes you feel in there and then you know you give it a few goes and suddenly that pain has has released and everything just feels a lot more smoother and your your face is more relaxed so yeah for me that that the cancer wand has been um a great tool that sits there waving at me from my nightstand and saying, come on, let's have a go. For me, when I look at it and you know, this is, this is an ancient tool that's been in use for thousands of years. You think I've got to bring a bit of this into my life. It's not a fad. It's, this is a, this is a, this is a gadget that, that works and will not break if I take care of it. Absolutely. And I love how you do that with everything you do. And it's what I aim to do as well, which is really fuse those traditional techniques, those Eastern techniques with a more modern Western scientific approach too. And I see that throughout everything you share, actually, through your books and through everything you share online and in person and through what you've done with your food as well, which is always amazing to see. And that's what I'd really love to delve into next, actually. I'd love to talk about the skin and the face, ideally. 
But maybe you could share any tips that you've got, um, Ayurveda inspired, for healthy, glowing skin. Wow. Well, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> and I was thinking we could go on, you know, everything is so interconnected. I mean, we know the basics such as hydration and sleep. Then you've got the Ayurvedic face masks or something as simple as turmeric, honey and yogurt mixed together and put on. Taking care of your agni or your digestive fire is so central to health in Ayurveda, um, which obviously has an effect on your skin. But if I was to put together five tips, I would say number one, we've kind of covered it, which is the cancer one. So face massage is always going to bring the blood flow to the face and ease out tension, help the face to relax. Using the cancer one as well with the, the metal has a, has a fantastic effect on the skin. It draws out the pitta qualities, so the impurities, the toxins, the heat from the face. I sent my one of my best friends this as a, as a birthday gift. She lives in Ibiza. And without prompting, she messaged me back and said, oh my goodness, I've been using it for three days. I swear my bags have gone. Love that. <laughs> and, and she hadn't even seen my video on how to do it or anything. She just, you know, just, we hadn't, didn't, we saw each other so briefly in London. I didn't even have to have a chance to explain to her what it was or what I've been doing. So yes, I would say that using that cancer wand. The second one is is meditation. That'd be a big tip for me. I try to meditate or when I had a very regular practice pre-baby, I would meditate after I showered in the morning. The idea is you create this incredible glow. It's the prana that you're cultivating through your meditation practice. You know, you're lowering your blood pressure, you're helping yourself relax, which obviously then has knock-on effects on your sleep. But yeah, meditation is a big one for me whether you're doing a guided one. Um, I offer sound bath meditations, which you can listen to. And meditation is wonderfully, you know, portable as well. And I think when you've got a regular practice, I can actually even call upon that feeling that I have when I'm deeply at peace in a meditation very, very easily because my body knows it. It becomes part of its cellular memory. Then tongue scraping, which I mentioned again, I think this is a very important way to not only be able to remove kind of the gunk that your body's kicking out every morning. That's why we, no matter, you know, we've brushed our teeth and gargled the night before, you can still wake up with that, you know, tacky tongue and, and that feeling of bad breath. And it's, you know, your body wants you to kind of get rid of it. Most of us end up swallowing it down with our first cup of tea or mushing it around with a toothbrush thinking we're doing our tongue a favor, but that's where the, can, the, the tongue tingler comes in, using the copper to very swiftly remove that top layer of gunk from the tongue, improves your taste buds, which is so important to being more intuitive about what you should be eating. If you can taste food and you can taste the the different flavors in food, you're more likely to maybe want to go to and eat fresher food than when you're not feeling like that and you just want salt and vinegar or something really cheesy or really strong coffee to kind of break through and be able to experience it. My fourth one would be some kind of asana practice. So, you know, a little bit of movement in yoga to get the blood flowing. And I would say, I don't know if you've ever had this one as a tip before, Danielle, but for me, who's quite sallow skinned, being upside down brings that fresh flush to my yes. face. <laughs> You're talking yeah. to a seasoned yogi here. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> and, uh, so good for just, the you know, Flushing that fluid through your spine and just, you know, the, the, that practice, encouraging us to slow down our breath, take those deeper inhales and exhales and remove stagnation and metabolic waste for the body. So I would say, you know, even if you don't have that, that asana practice to anyone listening, 
I don't know, what would you say, Danielle? Just even a, a slow forward roll with a yeah. seat or standing to, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I, I mean, I love that one anyway for, um, and it's about the only thing I can fit in these days before, before crashing out with a newborn baby. But that slow roll forward and stimulating, you know, your vagal, vagus nerve, I always do that because I think at least I'm going to get better sleep. Yeah. Just, just putting in those extra 30 seconds. Yeah. And even just the child's pose, you know, that's just bringing the blood to the head. And if you want to go a bit further, something like a shoulder stands always lovely. Um, We always think we have to do crazy poses such as headstands, but actually we don't. It can often serve our bodies much better to do something a little bit gentler and a little bit softer. Oh yeah. And that child's pose, that's, that that is one of my favorites to just (sighs) surrender. And then, you know, just by surrendering your face, you know, your whole face just relaxes and, uh, and you just look happier. I think you look content. Absolutely. Love those steps. <laughs> my, my fifth one I would say would be face oil. So um, I know you have a love of all these face oils as well, Danielle. It's, it's oil in Sanskrit is Sneha, which also means love which is one of my favorite things to talk about with Ayurveda, the fact that love and oil have the same word. So when we oil our bodies, when we oil our babies, you know, that massage, that putting that, you're nourishing the, the, the body with the oil, but also with touch and oiling my face always makes me look like I've just had a lovely time in the sun. I don't know, it just brings that real glow, that nourished you know, takes away all those fine, tight lines. And I'm, I'm somebody who's very Vata, so I tend to have dry skin. So I, I like quite a heavy oil. You know, I use a lot of sesame oil when I do Abhyanga or self-body massage with um, warm oil. And then somebody who's, got, who's very pitta, who's very uh, hot, coconut oil is great for them. And then someone who's very kapha, who's got very lush skin anyway, something a little bit lighter, like maybe sunflower oil is, is great. So yeah, oil is good. Oil is great. They are gorgeous tips. Absolutely love those. And I, I mean, I would agree with all of those completely. And I'm really interested, actually, how you now manage to fit these in with a young baby. I mean, people have asked me this question for years, you know, how do you manage it all? And I never really know the answer. You just no. <laughs> but just wondering, you know, how many of those tips are you able to do sort of post baby compared with pre baby or have they come more into their own now? Hmm, let me think and give you a truthful answer. I would say that the oiling my face happens every day. Having my abhyanga, which I used to try and do once a week, doesn't happen so much. The baby gets abhyanga. I don't get abhyanga. Oh. Um, the tongue scraping, I do feel bizarre. I know bizarre is not even the right word. I feel It feels wrong if I haven't cleaned my tongue. But I have to admit, on days when I don't get much sleep, I don't feel like there is anything on my tongue to remove. And it's really telling that I haven't had a deep enough sleep for my body to kind of go through its full kind of rejuvenation, natural detoxing process. So that's very interesting. I would say with the cancer wand and some kind of meditation and yoga, I would say they end up being part of the toolkit that I can't use all the tools in one night or even in, you know, so it ends up being a bit of a pick and mix. You know, for example, last night um, I was I was feeding the baby in bed, and I could I actually cans wandered my face while feeding the baby, and that's something that I don't mind doing while feeding the baby because I'm, I'm I try to be conscious because, you know, scrolling through through your phone when you're feeding the baby is not the best for energy, but um, and and it's so telling that she won't switch off when I'm not switched off. 
So cans of wand was good while feeding the baby. Breath work, I try to breathe deeply and I find that she nods off much faster when I do that. And then the neem comb as well. So the neem comb is, is for me, a game changer again, such a simple trick. I hadn't really brushed my hair other than when I modeled and someone else would brush it for me. But brushing my hair was did not make for a good hairstyle, let's just say, when I was younger, because I've got <laughs> such frizzy kind of hair and it just it just went everywhere. But uh, someone mentioned to me a couple of years ago, Avijah was saying, but you're not stimulating your scalp and the mama points. And that's really important for hair health, scalp health, future hair growth, even for the mind body. So I got into combing my hair with a wide tooth comb, which is what this neem comb is. And it was another way to wind down of an evening without puffing out my hair. Amazing. And do you do your comb with dry hair or wet hair? Because I use your comb this morning. I actually did it on dry hair, but I did it almost like a, a massage, almost like a scalp massage. And exactly. then just by going through the ends. That's exactly how I use it. But I, I, I also do use it with Abhyanga. So when I've oiled my hair and my head, it's also a very nice one to use then. Mm. Um, and as, as is the cans one. So working the cancer wand down the scalp, down the, um, from the front top of your forehead, all the way down to the back nape of your neck. That's really nice to use the cancer wand and hit some mama points on the way down. So yeah, two great tools for that. They are two definitely great tools. And do you have any sort of go-to foods for just nourishing yourself for wellness, but also again, for just helping you look healthy and glowing in your skin? I mean, I, I swear by dal and rice or kitchery where you cook the dal with the rice and it becomes a one food that for me is kind of it's my baked potato it's my bowl of pasta you know it's my comfort food that's easy affordable and i can zhuzh up with chutneys whatever veggies i throw in there a squeeze of lemon juice etc so that's become a, a, a huge staple in my house over the past 10 years i'd say like a golden milk is really great for me, especially with um, feeding the baby, having some kind of nourishing, warming milk that's a little bit sweet and spiced. Mm. So the sweet taste in Ayurveda is very grounding, nourishing. And that's why we, you know, we, if someone's in shock, we give them sweet tea and a biscuit. Or, you know, when we're celebrating someone we love, we make cake. You know, that sweet taste is very important for that. And it's very fortifying as well. And especially because I'm breastfeeding the moment, it's, a, it's, it, it's, it's great for that. So I think a golden milk is, is my go-to when I'm feeling like I need to warm up. I need to get grounded. I'm a little bit frazzled. My nerves are a little bit on edge. Herbal teas. I love having kind of a little wardrobe of herbal teas, if you like, so I can find something that's just the ticket for that minute. You know, if I need something revitalizing for first thing in the morning, I'm feeling like I didn't get enough sleep. Over the years, I've realized that coffee is not my friend. So by taking something that's quite spiced and stimulating, I get a very gentle kick up the butt rather than the kind of full roller coaster ride that um, a cup of coffee imparts. And then I think seasonal eating. I mean, it's such a, it's such a cliche word when it comes to eating well, but I think it's my, it's again, it's a touch point for being in touch with your environment, being in the moment. It's a way of dividing up the years. You know, you know, we have kind of, oh, was everything pre or post Christmas stroke Easter stroke summer holidays, but also there's this kind of feeling of like, oh, 
I can get a fresh fig now or the tomatoes are back or, oh, it's right. It's, it's, it's time for a kind of big hearty kale ribolita or something like that. You know, these are the things that keep us connected to nature, I think, which is so important when we become such indoor creatures able to make our living rooms toasty hot in the middle of winter and can eat anything we want, usually from many different cultures and, you know, just by, I don't know, clicking on Uber Eats or something. So yeah, I think seasonal eating is, is a, is a key way to looking after ourselves via food. Absolutely, it really is. And as you're talking about all that, I just almost instantly feel nourished just hearing the words that you speak. I just think it's lovely. I'm like, I want Jasmine living in my house, cooking for me every day. (laughs) Just sounds gorgeous, the things that you make. And what do you put in your milk to do your gold milk? Do you put turmeric in, I'm guessing? I do. I I do change it up a bit. But my my go-tos would be pinch of dried turmeric, pinch of dried ginger, maybe a little bit of cinnamon or saffron. I love a cardamom pod. When I'm particularly feeling a bit gripe in the stomach, I'll um, smash up some fennel seeds as well. I love that flavor in there. Uh, occasionally I'll have a little bit of dried coriander, which sounds strange because you usually think of dried coriander as being um, a savory food. Yeah, saffron I really love. Saffron feels very indulgent watching a couple of strands of, of that impart color to the, to the milk as you're cooking it. And, you know, simmering it as well is a bit of a meditative practice and it makes the it makes the house smell delicious as well that's a that's a that's a clear bedtime signal for me and I and something that I really has really come into its own since I've had a baby because I do tend to get hungry as we near bedtime so it's that nice hot drink that I know will be digested easily and will keep me going through the night and it's a ritual of making it too, isn't it? That's yes. the wonder of it. Just by doing that is it's almost like a meditation in itself, but also you know you're doing something so positive for your body that it almost feels nurturing, which instantly makes you feel better as well, I think. So, you know, that that's always, you know, the can going back to the cancer wands or facial massage or any of those things, just simply the act of doing it is so nourishing it's almost signaling to yourself I am looking after myself you know I am worth it I am enough you know those those subtle sort of signals that 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 brings about I think is so important and sometimes you know under recognized because we often think it's all just about how can we get fit how can we look great but actually it's that slower process that really has those longer term results yeah and I think I think it's important that this was a bigger um a big light bulb moment for me is just how holistic health, you know, when we think about the word holistic, it comes from the word whole. It's looking at the whole picture, our whole self as an individual, what our needs are, what's missing at this time and how everything is interconnected. So, you know, I know when I've wanted to get information from someone about how to make myself feel better and, you know, they tell me something quite complicated. I'm thinking, oh, I just can't do it. It has to be simple. Come on, you know. And then when they do tell me simple things, I'm thinking, well, that's not going to work. That can't possibly work. What do you mean? What do you mean scraping my tongue is going to make a difference? What do you mean like doing three minutes of postures? How can that possibly make a difference? And then you realize that, you know, just everything we could be talking about now, Danielle, with hydration, sleep, meditation, everything connects. And so it has a knock-on effect somewhere else. You know, the, the whole body responds. And it might not feel like an immediate thing for you. For some people, it, it really can be immediate. But just, you know, turning it into a habit just by practicing it for 21 days 
And if you keep some kind of diary or even just um, how you're feeling out of 10 the day you start it and maybe halfway through it and maybe at the end of 21 days or however long it takes to, to form a habit, you can look back and think, wow, that really has had an effect and it's cost me nothing's taken me three minutes a day. I can afford to do that. And it's not as drastic as, as walking into a salon coming out two hours later with a completely different hairdo. But there is something going on and that continues to go on. You know, your meditation practice or your breath work continues to affect throughout the rest of the day, maybe the way you sleep, so then it affects the rest of the next day. And I think it's that understanding that makes you th- makes me, when I don't want to be nice to myself or think that self-care for myself is a waste of time at this point in the day because of X, Y, and Z, that's what reminds me that this is worth doing. It really is. And it is those small efforts every day, which really, really adds up, which moves me on really nicely to my final question, which may be very related to everything you've already shared. But if you were to give us just one top tip for inner peace, what would that be? Oh, well, the first one would be that it, it, you are peace. It's in you, as is joy. And I think that's a really important one to remember because we don't feel like that all the time, for sure. I would say do whatever works for you that helps you to access that quickly. So at times that I might need a piece is somebody's upset me or I've let myself become upset. There's been a situation, I'm at work or X, Y, did so many reasons. And I find ways to slow everything right down because thoughts can come in. Thoughts and feelings start coming in and having a major party in your head and body. So maybe I breathe, I take a slow, deep breath. Tapping has been something that I've done over the years, just tapping on my chest or perhaps focusing on your third eye, your sixth chakra, that's between um, your eyebrows. That, uh, that I find, it actually just now as I did it, 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 I just took a deep breath just in, intuitively. Make a meditative cup of tea if you're in a workspace and you need to just take a break, go to the, go to the kitchen or canteen and just boil that kettle and just try to be present while the kettle boils, try not to use your phone, pour it onto a tea bag. Just that whole process is very, um, that's why I, I think you see it a lot in Asian cultures. It's very much a mindful process. Look up at the sky is something that one of my friends told me once, and it really, really works for me. Suddenly my problem seems so tiny in the vastness of the, of the sky. Or think of someone that you love is another one that takes me back to slowing right down and, and remembering that I have all this joy inside me. Humming. Humming is for me um, an excellent way, especially before bed when my, when my, my head is noisy. And it just takes me back to my own incredible vibration that has just been drowned out by all that noise that we accumulate throughout the day. So I think remember that you are peace and everything else is just noise drowning out your vibration. So slow right down, use the tips that work for you and, and get back to that. Perfect advice. I couldn't have said anything better myself. I think that, you know, everything you say there is so true and you're right. At at the end of the day, we are peace and we are love. So thank you so much, Jasmine. If people want to get in contact with you, connect with you, learn more about your wonderful new tools that you've launched, how can they do that? Oh, thank you, Danielle. Just uh, jasminehemsley.com for my website. It's got um, links and blog posts and information about Ayurveda and just the things that I do in my life and even through to eco fashion and and the beauty products that you know the clean beauty products that I use or on Instagram at Jasmine Hemsley 
you can follow me there and just see the things that I kind of do or, or you know, that help me get by my day to day or all the kind of endless wisdom that we receive from Ayurveda that just empower me um, to to take care of my own health. Well, I think that's perfect. <laughs> just amazing. And I was just thinking then how much I would love to have you back on the show to actually talk about eco fashion and clean beauty, because oh. that was another thing that I would have loved to delve into today. But I'm just aware not to overwhelm our listeners, but also not to overwhelm you. And you've given so many magic techniques today that it's just made such a beautiful episode. But I would love to invite you back to talk about that if you would like to. I would love that, Dan. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I've got, always got so much to talk about that I, I usually cut myself short because I think, oh, I'm wanging on again. <laughs> um, well, I've really you. enjoyed it. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Jasmine. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.